Welcome to Fire Talk, where we give you the latest and updates on Southeastern University Athletics. I'm Drew Watson, Athletic Director here at SCU. And I'm sitting in Dr. Ingle's chair today because he's feeling a little under the weather, so we hope he feels better. Joining me as a special co guest co-host is Donnie Smith, our excellent assistant AD for Athletic Communications. How are you, Donnie? Doing great, Drew. Thanks for having me. A tough spot to fill for me as well, trying to to pick up uh, the slack on this side and, and, and take over for you. But, uh, you know, it came off an exciting week, so excited to get the show underway. Now, uh, I heard that you are you, you just had a fantasy football draft. Is that right? I think that's accurate, yes. How, how did you do in your draft, do you think? Uh, too early to tell. Uh, you know, like any good coach will tell you, you wait to evaluate and see what you've got. You don't want to put, uh, you don't want to put a, a number on expectations. You just want to be competitive in every game and, and hope to have a chance at the end. Well, I didn't like my draft at all. You know, we were in the same room. Should have rolled it back. I, sh I should have rolled it back. In fact, I think I did <laughs> uh, once. But, well, we, our first football game's under our belt. Uh, the fire fell to Savannah State 23-20 in what was a really good game. Uh, they had to number 10 Reinhardt this weekend. Now, what was interesting about the game this weekend is typically we, we get in games where late in the game the score is either, you know, we're, we're beating someone pretty good or, or, or we've, we've struggled, which the first happens much more than the second does. But we lose our crowd. And I, that did not happen this past week, which was, which was really fun to see the students stick around. They were into it. I didn't see a lot of people leaving. So, you know, that was a really good benefit of a close game. Obviously, you, you hope we would come out on the, on, on the other end of that. But what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think obviously the the early turnovers kind of put the team in a, in a little bit too big of a hole to come out of. But again, uh, to the guys' credit, they competed. They didn't fold up. I yep. think they showed a lot of character in fighting back and, and coming up with a couple of big touchdowns uh, in the second half. Actually took the lead in that contest. And, you know, it's not often where you're a minus three in the giveaway takeaway and still have a chance to win yep. at the end of the game. So kudos to our guys for fighting through that. I thought they showed a lot of discipline at times. And, and again, just the character. Um, I think there were times in the past where – Maybe that was a little too much. Once that third turnover happened, you just go, well, it's not our night, and then things get really out of hand. But that was not the case at all. No, and, I, and that, was, that, stood out, that stood out to me as well. There were a number of people that told me, you know, man, they're, they're really, they continue to fight. Was it 16 nothing? And there was still fight. There was still starch in the defense. And, you know, that was really good to see. Well, speaking of football, we have our head coach, Adam Waugh, here to give us some insight. Uh, you know, we were going to have coach on last week. I don't know if you know this, but he, he doesn't even know this, but a hurricane kind of kind of came through and the show was canceled. But, you know, ho hoping to talk about the game ahead of time. But now we're going to talk about the game post game and then what the, what the rest of the season looks like. Welcome, coach. Thank you. It's doing good to be all right? here. Yes, doing great. Well, good. Um, before we get into football, we like to ask some non-sport related questions. OK, okay? so you, people know you as the head football coach. We want people to know you for the other parts of your life. So. Word has it that you are a you are a softball coach. You were a softball coach in the spring. How did that go? And tell tell us a little bit about that. Well, I have two daughters, uh, eleven and ten years old, and they both play softball. And the springtime is kind of my time of year where I can be around the family. So uh, I was the assistant softball coach for my daughter Emma's team, okay. and I was I served as the first base coach, um, which is almost as nerve wracking as standing on the sideline on Saturday nights. Uh, it's a lot of fun. The, uh, the girls cry a little more than our players do, so I have to deal with that. And uh, I, I'm not a great first base coach. I ran some girls into some outs at second base when they probably shouldn't have run, uh, but I had a blast, and it's nice to be uh, involved with the community and my daughters and uh, you know, just, just do that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Yeah. 
Is is it tough to move back into that assistant coach's role after having control of a uh, you know 125 yeah, student yeah, athletes? Yeah, it is, Donnie. You know, I find myself having to pull back on. Um, you know, when we go out to practice and they just want to kind of stand around and play games and have fun, I kind of it kind of bothers me a little bit. But I pull myself back and say, "This is just for fun. Let let the girls have fun." So, it's uh, it's it's great. Well, a lot of that was you know you had spring spring practice and you're rushing out of here to get to your mm-hmm. softball assignment. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's really it's really cool that you do that for your kids. Yeah, and it, it is, and it's uh, it's. As a football coach, there's not a lot of spare time. So I remember when I was about that age, my dad would help out in the spring with my Little League team. So I'm trying to kind of emulate his example and be there for my kids. That's cool. Well, we were talking about fantasy football earlier. Now, in our league, we were looking for a couple spots, and we were surprised that there were no football coaches that that uh, that jumped in. Now, you're busy. This is a busy time of year, but... I think most football coaches would tell you that we have enough trouble with the real football, <laughs> much less fantasy football. So... Um, I've done it a couple times and, uh, I found myself enjoying the draft part of it. And then after that, I couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're locked down. We're here a lot of hours, but, uh, you know, the, the, some of the young guys play fantasy football, but, yeah. uh, I've only tried it once. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Coach, we, we were talking a little bit about the game last week. What were, what were kind of some of your impressions? What were some of the positives that you guys were able to take away as a staff from that first contest? Well, I think you had a good summary, Donnie. Um, you know, I think some of the positives were the defense played pretty well and consistently throughout the game. They were on the field a lot in the first half. Basically, we were on the field for about 40 plays on defense in the first half, and then our offense kind of flipped that and was on the field for about the same amount of plays in the second half. So, um, you know, I had some people make comments about, you know, what'd you say to them at halftime to get them out? And, you know, nothing really. I think the kids just settled down and started playing, playing how they're supposed to play and made a nice little comeback there in the second half. But, um, showed a lot of fight, showed a lot of grit, and I think we it kind of started clicking as it got as it got into the second half. It was just a little bit too late, um, you know. And the, you know, Drew made the comment about keeping the crowd around to the end of the game, and uh, that's one of the first games in my three years here where we took we had a two minute drive at the end of the game, marched down the field, uh, and had a chance to tie it with the on the last play of the football mm-hmm. game. So that's about all you can ask for. Yeah. And you know, we missed the field goal at the end, and. That's Joel McGrath. He's a true freshman kicker that scored eight points for us in his very first college football yeah. game. So he's going to be a really good one, and uh, he's going to continue to get better and better. It was just a kind of a tough spot for a rookie to be in. So. Yeah. Well, he's got a leg. I mean, they're, they're, the distance wasn't an issue. Yep. You know, and just pushed it a little The bit. neat thing about Joel, we went out to practice on Monday, and he got out there really early, went to that same spot, kicked about 20 field goals. So he, he's, he's a hardworking kid. He'll be fine. Well, it's interesting. Friday night, I was here putting up, you know, stadium section signs. It was like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and I hear, I hear something behind me. I'm like, it was him. It was him and a buddy out there kicking awesome. you know, at eleven o'clock at night, yep. trying to get ready for the That's game. Great. So it was really good to see. Now, coaches don't like to talk about this blown calls. All right, and there's no nobody's going to find you for this discussion. Okay, okay? good so, to know. <laughs> but word has it there was a pretty big blown call in the game. Can you explain what happened? And and as a head coach, how do you deal with that? you know, both as you as the coach and with the players. Yeah. So we had a, they were going for a field goal on fourth down in the first half and they, they threw a penalty flag on us saying that our defensive linemen were trying to call out their signals, Mm -hmm. which I don't think really was a really happened in my personal opinion, but I obviously couldn't hear it, you know, because we have signals to call it on defense as well. They ended up having a false start on their side, but they called disconcerting signals on, uh, on us is the penalty 
it's supposed to be a delay of game, which at that point would have been half the distance to the goal line, still for, still fourth down. They gave them, they gave us a personal foul and a first down. So a new set of downs, they ended up scoring their touchdown, put them up by, by seven points. So that was a tough one. Um, and it was, it was frustrating to me because they, they moved along really fast with the penalty assessment. We, there wasn't really the time to try to get it corrected. And, uh, They've since apologized. The referee, official officiating crew, since apologized about the call, which obviously is too little, too late. Yeah. But you know, I've done this. This is my twenty-second year of coaching, and if you let one bad call drive, you know, mm-hmm. think that's the outcome of the game, then it, it'll drive you crazy. Because there were, we had plenty of opportunities to win that football game. So uh, I always tell the kids, we can't blame it on the officials, and and one call doesn't change the outcome. And I always, when I coached, I always had a tremendous amount of respect for officials who said, "I blew that one." Yeah. Coach, Coach, I blew that one. Some of them will deny it till the yep. day they die. But this they guy will. was very upfront with me, and uh, and he was forthcoming. So you know, good. we'll move on. It's all you can ask for. Yep. Let's talk about a little about some of the personnel on the roster this year. A little bit older group had some good retention uh, coming through the spring and after last fall. Uh, who are some of the key guys that you've looked to for some leadership this year on both offense and defense? Well, starting on the defensive side, we have really experienced secondary. Uh, two returning corners, Joseph Bonga and Zaire Webb, have been really good players and starters around here for a long time. Khalid Scott's a returning four-year starter, I believe, at free safety. And then Aaron Walton is our returning starter at nickel. Uh, the secondary is really impressive. I mean, we have basically four all-conference guys in the secondary. Five, really, when you count Ryan Cunningham as well at the weak safety position. So it's a really strong group. Linebackers is a new group, but uh, one that's uh, older and doing a really nice job. And then I think we have a really deep defensive line, more depth and experience than we've had in the past. Um, you know, we got Danny Craig back for his fifth year. He's in grad school. We got we have a transfer named Dallas Anthony from Valdosta State. He's doing a really nice job. And then uh, a, n- a number of other guys playing well at defensive end and defensive tackle. Then you go to offense, and we have some really experienced old linemen. We have Trey Dickerson, Cody Rand, and Debo Masalas. Uh, been around here for a long time, played a lot of football for mm-hmm. us. And uh, they're really – Offensive line was a really an area we targeted to really improve this year, and we hired a new offensive line coach and Jordan Heldreth's doing a really nice job getting those guys better every single day. So we're we're proud of that. And then uh, you know, uh, quarterback's been an interesting. You know, we lost Kalen Wiggins, so you know Kalen was the conference leader in total offense, and it's hard to replace that guy. So we have three quarterbacks that are kind of still battling it out, and uh, Henry Osted, Nate Hayden, and Hudson Jones. And uh, I think we're going to see them all probably play at different times throughout the year. And, uh, you know, Coach Canales, our offense coordinator, is probably going to end up just going with the hot hand week to week. Well, we talk a lot about culture here at Southeastern. And I've been around this team a little bit. I've sensed the culture is heading the right direction. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing intentionally to make that happen? Well, I think we're just trying to educate the kids on what we want and what we want in the program. And our culture kind of comes down to unshakable faith, unbreakable brotherhood. That's a motto that Coach Bearfield started when he first started the program and one that we're trying to really embrace and continue. Uh, obviously, the faith component of our team and the school is really important, so that's that's a non-negotiable for us. And then the brotherhood is something that uh, is really cool for a football team. We have 120-some kids out there right now, and brotherhood is really important to them. And we know they're not all going to be best friends or everything like that, but they really root for each other. They stick together, and uh, I think it's a nice – it's just a great group of guys that kind of that kind of all stick together. And then the other thing is we want – we talk about our type of guy in recruiting, and we want, uh, we want to make sure we get the right people on the bus, so to speak. So, you know, our type of guy is one that plays hard, you know, and is coachable and listens to his coaches and does what we want him to do. And then lastly, our type of guy puts the team first because – 
Uh, football, I think, is the greatest team sport ever created. And uh, I think in this day and age of social media, it's it sometimes you lose the team aspect of football because a lot of it is look at me, look at me, and mm-hmm. my individual accolades. And we're really trying to stress the team part of it. And uh, I think the kids have embraced it. Well, as you know, when you talk about culture, it's not only a football team culture, it's, it's how that culture assimilates within the SEU culture. Mm-hmm. And you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, the guys on the offensive line, Debo. Um, you know, and and you see them at basketball games. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're up they're up front. All right, they're they're going nuts. I mean, they're you know, Debo's out there with with pom poms or the cheerleaders, and and you look at it at one level, it's like, oh, that's just guy you know acting crazy at a basketball game. But when you when you really look into it, for me, it's it's a guy who loves Southeastern right. and love loves getting involved in other parts of our campus. Yep. And so that's really fun to see Trey and, and Debo doing that that kind of it's it's those two really they're the ringleaders yeah. of basketball. And those, those guys are great examples for the younger kids because I think sometimes we recruit a player to come in here and he thinks I'm just here to play football and yeah. I think that he's missing out on a great experience if he doesn't ingrain himself in the university overall and get to know people outside of his sport and I think that's I think it's a great thing to do. Yeah, it's good to see. I think what it also does is it it gives people an extra reason to come to the games. Instead of I'm coming to watch a southeastern football game, I'm coming to watch Debo. I'm coming to watch Trey because those guys have been at my games or I've seen them on El Prado mm-hmm. and I interact with them. Um, and along those lines, just even how they interact with with staff and administration. I was on the way walking over, cross paths with Zorian Gathers. Hey Donnie, how are you? It's not. It's no longer, oh, I think I know who you are. You work in athletics or something. They're yeah. addressing you by name, having a conversation. They yeah. understand what you do. Yeah. And we have, we have some fine young men, and that's the type of guy we want in our program, the, the well-rounded individual. And, you know, it's, uh, we have a lot of work to do on the field, but it sure is a fun team to coach off the field. It's good. So we got a big road game at Reinhardt this weekend. They're ranked 10th in the country. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that game, but also past that, what do you see developing this season? Well, Reinhardt is a quality opponent, and – you know, I've kidded with you about giving us a tough early season schedule yeah. with some with some really good teams. But the truth of it is, if we want to be a playoff contender in the future and build this program into that, then we have to beat those teams and we have to play them. So we can't we can't run away from tough tough opponents um, because that doesn't prepare us for postseason yeah. play. So we're excited about the challenge. Our kids are excited, and uh, you know, it's when you see that number ten ranking on it, the kids get excited because they want to they want to knock those type of teams off. And uh, Reinhardt does a good job. They're very physical. They have a system that they've stuck with for a long time. Uh, they're going to have a nice home field advantage. So uh, it's really exciting and a great challenge to go on the road against a good team because kind of everything – you have to do just about everything right to come out of yeah. there with a victory. Well, and, and the, the moxie that we were talking about that we saw last week in the team, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to help them in this kind of situation. I've, I've seen some teams here, not just football, but I've seen some teams here that go up against a team like that. And as soon as they score the first touchdown, the first goal, it's like, oh, this was supposed to happen. Let's, you know, but I don't, I don't see that happening this Saturday. Well, I hope not. I hope it doesn't become that because I've seen those teams too, where it's kind of here we go again, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully it's early enough in the year still that we have a good bit of confidence and that we can bounce back from anything because you know it's a sixty-minute football game against a good team, yeah. so things are going to go wrong and things are going to be tough and there's going to be a lot of adversity. But uh, I trust our kids to fight back through whatever happens. And then, you know, moving on past Reinhardt, we have, uh, we have a bye week early on, which I kind of enjoy because I think, you know, we've been going at it for a while yeah. with camp, and I think mm-hmm. the kids can use a little break. And then we hit another road game against Faulkner, another quality opponent year in and year out, and then we get into conference play from there. And once you get into conference, you know, anything can happen. Yep. Yep. Well, 
thank you so much for being with us. Wish wish you the best as you head to Georgia this weekend. I'll see you up there. I think Donnie's going as well. So awesome. You know, look forward to the game. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks coach. Publix delivery powered by Instacart between work and to-do lists. Publix knows your time is valuable. Let them help you regain time in your day by delivering groceries to your door. Learn more at publix.com backslash shop. Now, this isn't part of the read, Donnie, but I've heard that uh, Instacart is adding prescription deliveries at a time to be determined. Oh, wow. You know, do you use Instacart? Uh, I've used it once, uh, and it was it was great because when you've got a, a 12-pound Greyhound with separa- separation issues and you can't run to the store without it being a mess, Instacart to the rescue. So I'm sure your sources are, are accurate on that, and I think that's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm not I'm – I'm an older guy. You know, I'm 53 years old, so I like to go to the store. I like to – but my wife loves Instacart. She just constantly constantly – you know, we'll talk about breakfast. All of a sudden, she pulls out her phone. I'm like, what are you doing? Ordering, ordering a delivery. So, you know, they 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 do great. So, yeah. you know, we're uh, we're happy to use it. And uh, I do I do tell her, you know, what every order everything else, I'll just run for the bacon and the. And See, the I like I like shopping as well, but I also can't stand crowds. So there's there's a little bit of both that happens. Sometimes it's good for the online shopping if you realize you got a lot going on and you know the store is going to be busy Sunday morning after church. Or if you just got to run out at 9.30 for one thing, I'm more than happy to just wear that for the family. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you're a good man. You're a good man. All right, so, Donnie, let's talk about uh, what's going on in athletics this past week. Uh, we'll start with men's soccer. The team opened this past weekend with a tournament at home uh, as they beat Point Park 5-2, then wrapped up the weekend with a win over Thomas University. Always good to beat the Nighthawks. Uh, so what can you tell us about the men's soccer team? Yeah, we can take a look at some of the highlights uh, from the weekend. You know, obviously scoring six goals has got to make Coach Clay Roberts really happy. Uh, you know, we talk sometimes that a team will kind of take on the personality of their head coach or kind of take on what that coach did well as a player. Clay was a defensive player. But this team really has the ability to score, as you yeah. see here. Uh, Eduardo Venatolo coming through with this goal here to kind of break the ice against Point Park after the long lightning delay uh, on Friday. And then here was my favorite goal of the weekend coming up on the set piece. Uh, Marco Pengili to take the corner kick, puts the left foot into it. And then Roque Viegas on the right foot probably should have wow. made Sports Center. Yeah, good no, shot that's a great just underneath shot. the top uh, post, and then Gianluca Contegno, who you'll see here, find the the back of the net. He ended up being the Sun Conference Player of the Week. Finished yeah. this game against Point Park with five points, scored two goals. He's on a breakaway here to set one up, and then also had an assist on a goal later on to Venatolo. Great pass there. Viegas' shot gets blocked, but then here comes Victor Cavalcante, the Lindsey Wilson transfer, to find the back of the net and open up a three-goal lead. Uh, you know, similar to what we were talking with with Coach Waugh, they got into a tough spot early on, gave up a goal in the fifth minute, didn't panic, didn't get concerned, just came back with the next three. Yeah. Point Park to start the second half, came out strong in the first five minutes, got a goal, got it down to one. Southeastern came back with the next two. So a veteran group that Coach Roberts has, they were able to respond in a couple of tough spots. Now they've got a big one tomorrow, right? A big one tomorrow taking on uh, the Grizzlies of George Gwinnett, the number 12 team in the country in the, the latest poll that came out about uh, 90 minutes ago or so. Um, looking to get back on the right track. They've had some up and downs in the early part of their season, uh, but the Fire looking to beat them for the first time. Always wow. been a high-scoring game between these two teams. So uh, especially this year with, with the way that the Fire were able to score over the weekend, I'd probably expect a lot of goals coming up tomorrow. 
Well, and if you can get out to that game, it's gonna it's one you don't want to miss. You know, that's a as you say, there's gonna be a lot of offense. The complaint about soccer sometimes is as you sit there for ninety minutes and you see one goal or two goals, you know, that's not gonna be that doesn't sound like it's gonna be that kind of night. Yeah, and that was that was the case on Sunday afternoon. You know, it's a one o'clock game, a little bit of a sparse crowd on a holiday weekend. You know, Thomas was on the field for the third time in as many days because they played Friday like we did. The game was stopped at about the halfway point due to lightning. They had to resume it again Saturday and finish that game up and then play again on Sunday after driving down from Thomasville. Yeah. So I think just the way that they had their legs, it kind of led to a, a lower scoring contest. And those those are difficult to work on both sides. Yep. Uh, but I think you'll see the high pace offense back on Thursday. Looking forward to it. Now let's switch gears here to volleyball. Volleyball team now sits at six and two. Uh, after going 3-1 and one at the Faulkner Invitational in Montgomery, Alabama this past weekend. They beat Faulkner in the opener on a five-set thriller then lost to Reinhardt before coming back and beating Point in Tennessee Wesleyan. Uh, this team's jumped out to a great start. Yeah, doing well right now. I think uh, leading the offense, Grace Petty and Amelia Harding, what they've done, both averaging over three kills per set. Uh, Grace made the all-tournament team at Faulkner, both of those girls hitting uh, just north of 200. So uh, the offense seems to be going a little bit, uh, yeah, obviously going back to that Milligan tournament when you can beat a top 15 team, that's really going to help the confidence roll through the rest of the season. Well, and this is uh, not everybody knows this. This is Coach Goldsbury's last year, you know, and so it's good to see the team, you know, kind of rallying around that. You know, one of the one of the factors, I'm sure, uh, you know, because I I personally I'd really love to see her last season be one that you know is is just a you know a record breaker for her and the program. So it's going to be exciting to see that you know, develop as the season goes on. And a veteran group, too. You know, these, these are all girls that obviously she's recruited. They've been in the program for a couple of years now, so hopefully they're building towards another conference championship here at the end. Yeah, exciting to watch. Now, cross-country, the men's and women's cross-country teams hosted the Fire Invitational over at Holloway Park uh, last Saturday with the men winning their meet and the women coming in second. Now, that's an early morning. You know, I think the, ga the game ops crew gets up at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning get yeah. over there, so props to them. Um, you know, John Perez Dunn continues to dominate. He finished first. Uh, Donnie, that's an, that's, that, as we said, it's an early morning, but it's also a muddy course. Uh, didn't seem to affect the team. That's impressive. No, they ran some good times. And uh, Coach Kurtz kind of upped the competition level of this thing a little bit. You know, we've, we've hosted a, a early season invitational at Holloway Park, I think, ever since we've started this program. So yep. about the last 10 years or so. And it's usually been about three quarters of the distance or so. The men ran an 8K. The women ran a 5K. Um, you know, it's, it's hot and humid. It had rained heavily the night before. Yep. Uh, another team in town had a race. Friday morning, so that the course was a little more worn than they may be used to. But I thought they competed well. Uh, yeah, and and John's John's running well right now. Yep. Uh, ran against uh, Palm Beach Atlantic on both the men's and women's side. Uh, the Palm Beach Atlantic women very good. Uh, so gave our team, which is going to look a little different this year uh, without Julie out front. It gave them a chance to kind of regroup some things, yep. run together a little bit, and see what that looks like to try and get a better score. Now, when I'm at a cross country match or a meet. I'm looking at it. I have a tremendous amount of respect for our student athletes because I'm not a runner. All right, I I I would be the one that had the 0.0 in the back of my car. There you go. Are, are you a runner? I mean, do you retired? You're a retired runner. So so you ran when you were you know up in Indiana. Ran a little bit in high school. Ran a couple half marathons and marathons, and and then when I moved down here and it was almost too bearable to move outside. Yeah. It's like the running thing's just not going to work down here. Okay, so you're retired. Happily. Um, what did you What did you enjoy about running? 
Just the challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got. I, I may not be able to to run that time that the guy first across the tape is going to run, but right. I've got my standards that I can run against. Can I get better this race? Can I get a little bit faster in this way? So a chance to compete internally, um, knowing that you're still not that elite, you can still find a way to challenge yourself. Well, and, and at some point for every runner, you hit a wall, right? I mean, where it's like, I can't go on. And, and facing that adversity is, has got to be a really, really great thrill, facing it and overcoming it. I just can't get over the fact that when there's you know, people cross the finish line, sometimes there's there's it's things rough. things that happen it's rough. that uh, you know, in 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 the in the way of uh, losing your breakfast that that is it's it's a little tough to watch, you know. For the so for the bystander, you're like, why would you do this? It's a little tough to do as well, coming from a guy who's been there. So yeah. it's yeah, it's not great on either side of that <laughs> exchange. But it's it's the thrill of of the whole the whole experience. So absolutely, you know, I have a lot of respect for for everybody who runs you know, across country. Now, women's soccer. We still have a women's soccer team, right? We've been talking about men's soccer. The women have not played a game. They were supposed to have a home opener last week. But tell us why, you know, this big break for women's soccer. Yeah, uh, our friend Idalia came to town. Um, and unfortunately, with the path that Bruton Parker was going to be taking yeah. to and from, there wasn't really a window for them to get down here, play the game, and get home safely. So, And then just the way that their schedule was, they had a home match coming up against Shorter and NCAA 2 team over the weekend. So there really wasn't a window to get that game in. Neither yeah. team has an opening, so it's, it's probably not going to get made up. So... Tough one for uh, Coach Caleb to jump right in. You're going to be taking on number nine, Tennessee Southern, a three-time national champion on Friday. And then uh, Sunday in Alabama, they'll take on number three, William Carey, just moving up in the poll. They were the 2018 national champions, and they are a two-time runner-up. Those two runner-ups both occurring in the same calendar year, one on penalty kicks and one in overtime. So that's how close uh, Coach Danny Owens' team has been to three or four national championships here recently. So two two blue bloods in in NAI women's soccer. If you're a longtime NAI women's soccer fan, which I know you are, Tennessee Southern may not sound familiar. They were previously Martin Methodist uh, when they won that national championship. So uh, two very, very good teams that they're going to be taking on in Orange Beach, which is the site of the, the national tournament. Well, it's going to be interesting here. Obviously, we came in you know, August 1st for preseason and planned to have a game last week. So we've been together. Our team's been together for a while now, developing chemistry. But Tennessee Southern's record is... I think they're playing match number six. They just had a, a game against Bethel last week. So they're, they're four games yeah. in. I think William carries four or five matches in. And here we are, uh, fresh out of the gates. So, so we'll be fresh. We will be fresh. So uh, we'll but, see what happens. Yeah, just got to kind of work out some of those those potential kinks in training. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, you, you've been a coach and an athlete. You get tired of playing against your teammates yeah, you after do. a month. So maybe they're going to be chomping at the bit a little bit. And it seems like this team has a really uh, – from the outside looking in, it seems like they have a healthy culture, you know, and, and really support each other. So that's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what we find, you know, when the team takes the field on Friday. But really exciting. Yeah, another group with a lot of veterans, so uh, they they know what the the first game's supposed to look like, yeah. and they can kind of help calm the nerves of some of those younger players. That's good, and it, and it's really Coach Roberts. You know, it's his third year, so in the third year, I feel like, you know, the first year you're playing with pretty much another coach's team. The second year, it's a mix. Third year, it's really your team, and so, you know, excited to see what Coach Roberts' you know team looks like this year. So exciting weekend. Now, is there anything else going on this week we should be aware of? 
Our bass fishing is going to have their first derby uh, coming up Friday. They're going to launch at about 8 a.m. Eastern in Texas at the Sam Rayburn Reservoir. This is part of the uh, Major League Fishing, the Abu Garcia uh, College Fishing Tour that Major League Fishing puts on uh, just a one day. So our four boats are going to weigh in their, their five heaviest fish each. And the top 12% are going to qualify for nationals. So I uh, spent some time with uh, Coach Marsh on the phone yesterday when he was making the drive over to Texas and yeah. just kind of talking some things and, and seeing what they were up against. And, uh, you know, you should be able to, to pull up the uh, weigh-in starting around 4 o'clock on Friday on uh, the Major League Fishing website if you'd like to join us. It's exciting. It's exciting. To, whenever you roll out a new sport, it's, it's exciting. So, you know, them hitting the road on their way to Texas, man, yeah. this is really Really, really cool. There's a lot of learning on our part as well. Just kind of like, all right, what what's the logistics of this? What am I going to get? When does it start? Yeah. How does it work? And it, it's kind of a, a nice challenge when you've been at this as long as we have. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, I want to thank you for stepping in for me as I step in for the president. Again, we, we wish him the best. Hope he feels better soon. And I want to thank you for joining us. As we close the show, I want to remind you to come out, watch the men's soccer match tomorrow night against uh, Georgia Gwinnett. It's a big one, so make sure we fill the fill the stands. And make sure you visit seufire.com for the latest news in fire athletics. You can find the event calendar there, as well as a link to watch all of our home games. Good luck to all of our teams this week. Go fire. Go fire. Thanks, Donnie.